Good morning. Good morning. So today, we all know it's Father's Day. We, we celebrate fathers. And I know for some, for some it's hard to celebrate Father's Day. For whatever reason, your, your father wasn't there, your father wasn't around. But just know that we serve a heavenly father that will never leave us, will never forsake us. That he will love us no matter what. That he is waiting with open arms to receive us each and every single day. You know, um, if you experience a bad relationship with your father, I'm truly sorry. And we pray for you. We pray for healing in your life, in your heart, and in your soul. But just know we, we can always run to the arms of a, of a heavenly father that he will always reach out to us. So we're going to speak today about a father's legacy. And we'll start in 1 Kings chapter 2, verse 1 through verse 4. This is David. We all know who King David was. We know how, how much he was a man after God's own heart. So it says, When David's time to die drew near, he commanded Solomon his son, saying, I am about to go away of all the earth. Be strong and show yourself a man and keep charge of the Lord your God, walking in his ways and keeping his statutes, his commandments, his rules, and his testimonies, as it is written the law of Moses that you may prosper in all you do and whatever you turn, that the Lord may establish his word that he spoke concerning me, saying, if your sons pay close attention to their way to walk before me in faithfulness with all their heart and with all their soul, you shall not lack a man on the throne of Israel. You may have a seat. So we're going to talk about father's legacy. We know David's legacy. He was, he was a young shepherd boy, and then he was called to be a king. During that time, he ended up conquering Goliath. Goliath was threatening the people of Israel. David stood up. With the power of God, he was able to conquer Goliath. So we see David's legacy. We see, we see also David's fall. But yet, we see his return to God. Here we have David in his deathbed telling his son Solomon, Hey, seek God. Seek him. Do what I have taught you to do. How many of us fathers have taught our kids to seek God with all their heart? How many of us parents in this place have taught our kids to seek God with all their heart, with all their might, and all their soul? What legacy did David leave Solomon? David was said to be a man after God's own heart. And we see Solomon. Solomon was the wisest person to have ever walked this earth. Solomon was wise Whenever God told them, hey, you can pick anything, ask for anything, and I will give it to you. Solomon didn't ask for riches. Solomon didn't ask for the greatest army, for the greatest strength. He asked for wisdom. He followed in his father's footsteps, and we see the fall of Solomon as well later on in Scripture. But we can see that Solomon followed his father's footsteps, that he sought God with all his heart. You know, I look back at my life, and I just... Can't, can't help but laugh and smile that the first time I ever spoke, I was, I was part of a youth group. I spoke to the youth, and I was about 13 years old, 13 to 14. And the first sermon was, honor your father and your mother. Honor your father and your mother. I, and I, I spoke to the youth that, that one time, and, and I was telling them, you know, the first commandment with the promise is that you may live a long life. 
You know, it's not the first commandment in the Bible. That's to, lo- to not have any other gods before us, to love our God. But the first commandment in the Bible with the promise was to honor our parents. And I spoke to the youth, and now I look back several years later. Now I'm a father. I'm a father of a 17-year-old, a 13-year-old, a 7-year-old, and a 2-year-old. And it's amazing how everything has came full circle. I'm a father now, and whatever my dad had tried to teach me at that time, I look back, and I'm glad he did it the way he did. Even though at times I didn't like it, I hated it, but he did the best he could with what what he had. So us fathers, or soon-to-be fathers, or parents that are are raising kids, are we leaving the legacy of godliness for our kids? We all know that technology is advancing so much, so, so fast, so much faster than an eye can blink, that the measure of success is done through the likes that makes us go viral and not how our godliness is or if we're walking in holiness. Where social media prevails over everyday life. But what are we to do as fathers, mothers, grandparents, raising kids in a society where we manage to put God aside and let the things of the world dictate how we live our everyday lives? We have seemed to forgot the calling that God gave us as parents and as people in his kingdom. That is to know the transforming love and power of Jesus Christ. Because without the love and power of Jesus Christ in our life, our society will crumble. Fathers and parents and mothers. Our society will crumble if we cannot teach our young children how to follow God. How to love God. If we cannot teach our children the love of God. How do we expect them to love other people. What we teach our children now will have an impact in their lives once they get older. I'm, I'm living proof of that. You know, there's a song by, by Lecrae, if any of you know Christian hip-hop. You know, there's a song by Lecrae in one of his earlier albums that says, I was a drug baby. Big mama drug me to church. How many of us have been drugged to church before? Without, our, without us wanting to go. Growing up, my, my father was, was dragging us to church each and every single day. We would go to service on Sunday, twice on Sunday, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and prayer night was Friday nights. So we lived at church. And then eventually the schedule changed up. We was twice on Sundays, once on Wednesdays, and then on Friday was prayer night. So we constantly lived at church, and I hated it. For the life of me, I hated going to church. When they say, I grew up on the pews, I literally grew up on the pews. My father was saved since I was three years old. So I literally grew up in the pews. I slept on the pews. I used to get in trouble for playing with the marble on the pews, rolling it back and forth. So I grew up on the pews. But I thank my dad. I thank him because he was laying a foundation for me, for my life, that now I can teach my children. Even though I hated it, even though there was times where... I didn't get to see my father because for him it was church, work, and then work and church. That's all he did. He, he worked hard to, to provide for our family, which I'm grateful for. And it was, it was constantly going to church and helping out at the church. So for, for me to say that I had a, I had a, um, a fun-filled activity life growing up, it wasn't there. 
But I'm thankful that my father never gave up on us. He continued to pray each and every single day. I, rem I remember waking up 4 or 5 o'clock in the morning sometimes, and I would pass by his office. He would be crying in his office asking God for his family. Praying, Lord, have mercy on my family. Lord, have mercy on me. So I thank the Lord for that. I thank him that he gave me a father that was strong in the word of God, that he can instill it in me to this very day. And now I am here standing before you. As a product of a father that left a lasting legacy, a product of a father that tried to instruct me in the ways of the Lord. Yeah, I did waver. Yes, I did fall. But still, the instructions that he left me in my heart were still there. That seed that the, my father planted took, took fruit and started to sprout. So, fathers, just because your, your children are not listening, the seed is still getting planted. The seed is still there. Continue to pray for your children. Continue to speak to your children. Because the fruit will eventually come. Continue to pray. Here's some alarming statistics. 43% of U.S. children live without their father. 71% of pregnant teenagers are because of lack of a father. 90% of adolescent repeat arsonists live with only their mother. 70% of juveniles in a state-operated institution have no father. 85% of youth in prisons grew up in fatherless homes. 63% of youth suicides are from fatherless homes. 90% of all homeless and runaways children are from fatherless homes. 85% of all children who show behavior disorders come from fatherless homes. 71% 71, 71 of all high school dropouts come from a fatherless home. And 75% of adolescent patients in chemical abuse centers come from a fatherless home. Fatherless boys and girls are twice as likely to drop out of high school, twice as likely to end up in jail, four times more likely to need help for emotional or behavior problems. Our issue is that we have diminished our role as fathers. Our issue is that we as fathers and as husbands have taken back our role, have let our role go to somebody else in our households, and now our children are suffering for it. Our children are a blessing from God. We must teach them and instruct them in the way of the Lord. It may not be easy, but it will be worth it. Here's another statistic for us. A survey found that if a child is the first person in a household to become Christian, so if one of our little kids, our children, are to become Christian, the, for the family to be saved, there's only a 3.5% chance that the whole family will be saved. Now, if the mother becomes the first one to be saved in, in a household, there's a 17% chance that the whole family will be saved. But if the father is the first to be saved in a household, there's a 93% 93 uh, chance that the whole family will be saved. So fathers, we hold the major role in our, in our society. We hold the major role in our families, in our households. Let's not let our children become another statistic. It's time to rise up and take the calling of fatherhood that was entrusted to us by the Lord. Our children don't have to be another number or fall victim to a fatherless home. If we teach them now that our Heavenly Father will be there to supply their every need, if we teach them now that our Heavenly Father will never leave them alone, they will never feel lonely, they will never run to, to whatever depression, anxiety, to whatever other addictions that they run to, 
If we can teach them that us as a father, we will be there, that they will have godly men in their lives, even if you are not a father, but you hold high esteem to someone else's kid, that you can actually teach them and reach them. Kids, they need father figures in their lives. You don't have to be a biological father. You can be a father figure to a kid, to a child. So they won't fall into the statistics. You know, sometimes we fail, but it's okay because there's grace and mercy and all of that. We are to lead our families, but how are we, how are we to do it correctly? Are we, to, are we to let TikTok and Snapchat lead our kids? Our kids, most of our kids have cell phones, and they're constantly on social media. The only one in, in the old, only the oldest one in our family has a cell phone right now. He's not allowed to have any social media. Because we know how social media can turn the worldview. But if I'm not constantly teaching him the word of God, then anything that comes his way will take effect. He will let anything move him to the left or to the right. Sometimes as, as fathers, how many fathers here are competitive? Or how many parents here are competitive when it comes to sports? I know I am. I know I am. My, my wife tells me, you're not the coach. Get away. Let her play. I, we put our oldest daughter in basketball. So the first time she was in there, I was trying to coach her from the sideline. Like, you're not the coach. Let her play. Let the coach do the coaching. You just watch. So I had to stand there like, okay, I will. So, you know, we get so competitive. You know, we care more about the sports and their practices sometimes than we do about feeding them the word of God. We care more about the how good they're doing in sports that we, we, they're memorized every single play but can't remember John 3.16. We care more about buying them the latest clothes so they can be ready for their sports. We, we worry about getting them Nike and Under Armour and having them clothed in that than we are more worried about arm, clothing them in the armor of God. We need to clothe our children with the armor of God each and every single day. The enemy is like a roaring lion seeking whom to devour. So he's after our children. He's after the next generation. Our children is the next generation. What kind of legacy are we leaving them? It's never too late to start changing the trajectory of our family. But it has to start sooner rather than later. Before it's too late, pretty soon our, our oldest will be out the home. He wants to go off to college somewhere else. And when he does go, did, did we do enough in our home to teach him the word of God to where he will have a stable foundation in his life? Did we do enough at home that we taught him the right from wrong? Ultimately, it will come down to his choices. But as a father, I must instruct him. As, as a parent, I must instruct him and our other kids how they should live out their lives. So we would d- dive into a couple points. And it's about the legacy we leave. So leaving the legacy... And first off, it starts with the foundation. What kind of foundation are we setting for our children? In Matthew 7, verse 24 to the 27 says, Everyone who hears these words of mine and does them will be like a wise man who built his house on a rock. And the rain fell and the floods came and the winds blew and beat on that house. But it did not fall because it had been founded on the rock. And everyone who hears the words of mine and does not do them be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain fell, and the floods came, and the winds blew and beat against the house, and it fell, and there was a great fall of it. We must lay a foundation that won't be destroyed by anything that comes our children's way. 
We must lay a foundation on the rock, which is Christ. We must teach our children and show them that their trust should be in the Lord and only in the Lord and nothing else. Man will fail you. Our government will fail you. Anybody else will fail you. But God will never fail. We need to teach our children that God will never fail. Even I as a father can fail my, my kids. But we must teach them that their foundation must be founded in God and in the word of God. Because without God, everything in life will fail. So the question for you is, how is your foundation? How is your kid's foundation? Do we have cracks in our foundation or are the sands shifting our foundation because we didn't build it on the rock? The laying of a foundation starts in our home. Out of a a typical school week, our children sleep about 56 hours. You know, if they sleep eight hours a day, you know, for, for five days, for 56 hours, they go to school for 56 hours, eight hours a day. And then, so we left with another 56 hours. Out of that, a Christian family spends anywhere from two to maybe eight hours in a week at church. So there's another 48 hours left. What do we do in those other 48 hours with our kids? I know there's sports. I know there's other activities. Out of a whole month, you know, we spend anywhere from 8 to 32 hours in a whole month, maybe a little bit more, a little bit less, at church. How much more time do our kids spend on the Xbox than they do at church? Getting, how much time does get spent out of church getting influenced by other people in school? It's almost eight times more than they spend at church. And we expect our kids to have a foundation, but if we don't teach them at home, how will they ever get that foundation? There's only so much that we can do in two to eight hours a week with our kids. When you, when you practice with your kids, how many hours do you spend practicing swinging the bat, shooting the ball, running routes? How much time do we spend doing all this other stuff, but how much time do we spend on the Word of God with our children? You know, I, I've tried to make it a point in our house, in our house too, every time after dinner, we try to read the Word of God. Even if it's one chapter, you don't have to be a, a theologian or have a, have a, a scholarship or um, a degree in ministry or seminary. Read one chapter and then explain it to your children, what it is, what it means. Ask them questions about it. You don't need to know every single detail of the Word of God, but you need to, need to know the love that God has for you and for them. So we must teach our children that. You know, our children desperately want our attention. Parents, they want our discipline as well. Sometimes we think that we are hurting our children by disciplining them. They need to be disciplined. Not, not abused, but disciplined. There's a difference. So we need to discipline our children. They desperately want our attention. You know, there's a story. My wife, if you were in, the, in, our, in our kids' meeting yesterday, in our training, my wife told the told story. And this story is pretty crazy because it, it hurts me every single time I think about it. We, we, we got, me and my wife got so busy with, with church, taking them here, taking them there with school and everything else. We got so busy that we started neglecting our kids. And one time our, our girls came to us, both of our girls, and said, hey, we feel like you're not spending time with us. 
and that clicked, that clicked. We're so busy with everything else, we started neglecting our children. We started not spending time with them. We started not investing in our children. And yet we expect our children to listen to us, to follow our rules. When we're never around, we're too busy doing other things. So invest in your children. Spend time with your children. Grandparents, spend time with your grandkids. Teach them. Instruct them in the word of God. Like it says in Proverbs 22.6, instruct your child in the way he should go. Even when he is old, he will not depart from it. Work on your personal foundation. And then instruct your child how to build their foundation as well. We need to instruct our children. Build that foundation. Now it's a time to train our children. Not whenever they have become another statistic. Not when the world has a greater influence than what we do. When your children are young, it's the greatest time to influence them. Don't let the world have greater, a greater influence than you do in your child's life. Is, so what foundation are we laying down for our children to start building from? Is it a godly one or a worldly one? As Christians, the Bible commands us to instruct our children, to train them up, and to seek the Lord. We see it in the life of David, in his legacy. In 1 Chronicles 28.9, when he instructs, and this will be our second point, after building the foundation, let's instruct our children. He instructs Solomon. He says, and you, Solomon, my son, know the God of your father and serve him with the whole heart and the will in mind. For the Lord churches all the heart and understands every plan and thought. If you seek him, he will be found by you. But if you forsake him, he will cast you off forever. David calls his son Solomon over. He tells him, hey, seek the God of your father. If you will seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will, he will forsake you. Seek the God of your father. You know, are, are we instructing our kids to seek God? Are we imitating a way to seek God? You know, what command are we giving are we giving our children? The command for David for, to Solomon was, hey, seek God with all your heart. Because he knows all your heart. Seek God with all your heart, and if you seek him, you will find him. But if you forsake him, he will reject you forever. So seek God. What command are we giving our children? The command that God gave Moses still holds true to this very day. In De- Deuteronomy 6, verse 6 through 9, it says, And these words that I command you today shall be on your heart. You shall teach them diligently to your children and shall talk to them when you sit in your house and when you walk by the way and when you lie down and when you rise. You shall bind them as a sign on your hand and there shall be frontlets between your eyes. You shall write them on door, doorposts of your house and on your gates. These are the commandments that he gave us. That we should teach them to our children when we rise and when we go to sleep. So at every part of every day we should be teaching our children. Hey, God loves you. And what was that commandment? The commandment was to love our God with all our heart, with all our might, and all our strength. Are we teaching our children to love God with all our might, with all our strength, or only when he's convenient to love? As parents, we can only instruct our kids so much. And eventually they will have to grow up and make their own choices. We hope that they make the right ones. And maybe by the choices that they see us make, maybe by the choices they see us make, they might make the right choices. So this will be our third point, imitate. You know, our children will imitate us eventually. 
You know, I catch myself sometimes imitating my father. My father was a hard worker. He taught us good work ethic. So eventually, I, I'm a hard worker. At least I like to think I am. I think I have a good work ethic. You know, eventually we start to imitate our, our parents or who we follow. You know, I see my, my youngest, my two-year-old, Ezra, try to imitate me sometimes. Sometimes I'll be working around the house, building or doing whatever, and there he goes. He sees what I do with my hands, and he tries to do the same thing. He sees me get the drill. He gets his play drill and tries to drill the same thing I'm trying to drill. We see our children imitate us. So are you being a good example for your children as a parent? Are you showing them to imitate you as you follow Christ, as you imitate Christ? 1 Corinthians 11, verse 1 through 3 says, Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. Now I command, commend you because you remember me in everything and maintain the traditions even as I deliver them to you. But I want you to understand that the head of every man is Christ and the head of a wife is her husband and the head of Christ is God. Be imitators of me as I am of Christ. This is Paul talking to the church in Corinth. We can learn from Paul. We, if we know who Paul was, he, was, he wrote the 13 letters to the churches. He was a persecutor of the church, and then he had an encounter with God, and it changed his, the trajectory of his life. He was a follower of Christ. Are we following Christ? Are we trying to imitate Christ in everything we do? Are we doing a lesson? We're doing a lesson. This is pretty good. Uh, about parenting. It's called House or Home by Chip Ingram in our small group. And in this lesson, he says, more is caught than taught. Catch that. More is caught than taught. Talking about our kids. That they catch more of what we do than what we teach them. They catch more of what we do than what we teach them. And it's so true. Our children pick up a lot of things that we do. They'll start picking up on your mannerisms. They'll start picking up on, on how you react when you get a bad phone call or how you react when you do something good. They'll start picking up on that. So more is caught than taught with our children. So are we imitating God to our children that whenever times get tough, are we, are we showing them that, hey, I trust in God with all my heart? Are we showing them that we can trust God in everything that we do? You know, ultimately, we must try to imitate Christ as much as we can. Because if we imitate the world, how do we expect our children to do any different? If we imitate the things of the world and everything we see in the world and whatever they see on TV, if we imitate that, how do we expect our children to imitate what, what Christ did for us? How do we expect our children to imitate a godly life if all they see is this worldly life each and every single day? We must also be submissive to God in everything we do. As parents, we must be submissive to God's authority and godly authority over us. As a parent, we can't, be submiss- we can't go around expecting our children to be submissive if we can't be submissive to anybody else. If I as a father cannot be submissive to my father or to our pastor, how do I expect my children to be submissive to me in my home? We must imitate godly principles. We must imitate 
Christ each and every single day in our walk with him. And our fourth point, parents, it is time to make a choice in the legacy we will leave our children. It is time to make a choice in the legacy we leave our children. And it's going to come down to us. Whenever we're, we're standing before God, and he's going to ask us, what would you do with the family I gave you? The choice we make today and each and every day from here on out will fall back on us. I like what Joshua said. And he tells the people of Israel, several years after getting after getting into the promised land, after they left slavery in Egypt. Joshua 24.15 says, And if, if it is evil in your eyes to serve the Lord, choose you this day whom you will serve. Whether the gods of your fathers served in the region beyond the river of the gods of the Amorites in whose land you dwell. And this is the fam- most famous line from Joshua. But for, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. It is time for us to make a choice if us, including our household, will serve the Lord. Did we lay a foundation for our kids with godly principles? Did we instruct our children to walk with the Lord each and every single day? Did we imitate God more than we imitated the world? It is time to make a choice today, father, parent, head of the household. It's time to make a choice. Is your household going to serve the Lord? Is your household going to serve the Lord today? You know, for my English teachers or for my any teacher, what, what I like about Joshua's statement, if correct me if I'm wrong, when, when, you, when you write a sentence out and you're going to have two people, including yourself, you write the other person's name, let's say Brother Jackie and I, Right? But Joshua said, me and my household will serve the Lord. So in, in correct English, correct grammar, that's written backwards. But I like how Joshua put it, for me and my household. Because he knew that it all fell on him. He was the head of the household. And it fell on him first before it fell to the rest of the household. So men, it's time to stand up and get a hold of what God has given you. He has given you a household to take care of. Will you take care of it? As for me, we need to, I need to make a choice. I need to make a choice today. Will I let my family die and go up by the wayside? Will I let them just do whatever they want? Or will I instruct them in the way of, of the Lord? Will I, will I be willing to stand in the gap for my family each and every single day and declare that today my household will serve the Lord? Will I be willing to stand in the gap for a son that is battling depression? Will I be willing to stand in the gap for a daughter that's battling anxiety? Will I be willing to stand in the gap for any child that has addictions? Today, men, it's time to stand in the gap for our children. Parents, mothers, today's the day to stand in the gap for our children. The world is trying to get at our children each and every single day. If you have any social media as a parent, you can see it plainly on social media. If you have seen anything on YouTube or even, even on our shows that we can watch on TV, even movies, they're trying to change our children's worldview. They're trying to, to instruct our children. But what are we doing at home? Are we instructing our children at home like we should? Joshua was the first line of defense for his family. Where he went, his family also went. 
So fathers, you're the first line of defense for your family at home. Wherever you go, your family will follow. So if the worship team wants to come up, we're about to end. As you go, your family will also go as well. One thing I've seen is that God's promises are always true. You know, the psalmist, he wrote in Psalm 37, verse 25, I have been young, and I am, I am old, yet I have not seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. I have been young, now I am old. I have never seen the righteous forsaken or his children begging for bread. You know, we see David instructed Solomon, seek the God of your father. If you forsake him, he will reject you. But if you seek him, you will find him. Let's teach our children to seek God. Let's lay a foundation for our children. Let's instruct them in the way of the Lord each and every single day. Let's imitate God to the best of our ability. We must know we will never be perfect. And I tell my kids all the time, I'm never going to be perfect. I'm never going to be the perfect dad for you. I'm going to mess up sometimes. I might raise my voice a little bit too much when you don't listen to what I tell you. I might have to spank you here and there. I tell my children all the time, I'm not perfect. I'm going to mess up. When they ask me something, like, Dad, are we going to have game night? I tell them, I don't know, we'll see. Because I, I tell them, I don't know, we'll see, because I don't want to lie to you. I would rather tell you the truth and tell you straight up no. But if we might have game night, I'll let you know. But I'm not going to be a perfect father. I'm going to try my best to do everything I can to be as perfect as I can. But the only perfect father we have is our Heavenly Father. Everything we do, we must always imitate Christ to the best of our ability. I know that the blessings of God has for our children correlates to the foundation we set for them. We know that God is faithful and that he will supply all our needs. I know as earthly fathers, we can and at some point fail our kids. But we can teach them that our Heavenly Father will never fail them. They can always run to our Heavenly Father each and every single day. You know, we, 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 we've heard and read the story of the prodigal son. That the son took his half of the inheritance and went and squandered it all away. And that one day he came to the realization that he had to go back home to his father. And, and in his heart, the son was thinking, man, if my father can only make me a servant, they have it better than I have it now. And we, we focus on the son, which is good. Because we are that son. We are the son that left the father's side to do our own thing. Some of us have returned. Some of us are trying to return. Some of us are coming to the realization that we need to go back home to our father. But the amazing thing about the father was that he was waiting for his son. The father was looking out, it says in that parable, and he saw his son from a distance. The father didn't care what everybody in the house was doing at that time. He left everything he had to run for that son. Our Heavenly Father, 
left everything he had for you and for me. You know, it says in that parable that when the son ran to him, the father embraced him and kissed him. And the, the son was trying to tell him, Father, I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you. Maybe one of your servants. The father didn't hear any of that. He was just happy that the son returned. Our heavenly father is happy when you return. Some of us haven't experienced the love of our earthly father. And I'm truly sorry for that. Some of us have taken that pain and try to do better than our earthly father did, which is good. We need, a, we need to do better. We need to follow Christ. Love like he loved. Love like our heavenly father loves us. Sometimes we feel a disconnect because we've gone too far from our heavenly father. We feel like he won't love us for what we have for what we have done. I got the greatest news ever. He's patiently waiting for you to come to return home. You know, the love of a father is amazing. Our heavenly father loves us so much so that he was willing to give up his only begotten son so that we may have eternal life and spend an eternity with him. So today, today is the perfect opportunity. If you want to return to the Father, if you're on your way to return to the Father, I want to invite you to pray. With every eye closed here at Impact City, we do this as a family. We call them the ABCs. We accept we're a sinner. We believe that Jesus is the Son of God and He died on the cross for our sins. And we confess that Jesus is Lord. So if you want to pray with me, Heavenly Father, we just give you thanks for this very day, God. We, we accept that we're a sinner, that we are in desperate need of a Savior. We believe that your son Jesus died on the cross for our sins and rose on the third day. And we confess Jesus as Lord and Savior of our lives. We confess it with all our hearts, Heavenly Father. We run back to you, God, and we thank you. It's Father's Day. I would like to invite every father, every, every man, every single man in here to come to, to the front, to the altar. We'll have a prayer for all of y'all. want to pray for y'all. Fathers, men, if you're a, a, a role model for anybody, you, you hold a special place in every, children's, every child's heart know that while society says the role is diminished it is not you have to be strong you have to instruct the children you were you, you were giving lead them 
and I'm speaking to myself as well. Men, it's time to lead our children. It's time to stand up. It's time to do what God called us to do, to lead our children, to instruct them in the way of the Lord so when they go get old, they will not depart from it. And trust me, even if we don't see the fruit at this very moment, it'll come. I'm living proof of it. I saw my father pray for us day in and day out, instruct us the best he could. And I'm still serving the Lord today. And I thank the Lord for a father. Even if he was strict at times and I hated it, I thank the Lord. So if we can all close our eyes. Uh, mothers, ladies, if you want to stretch your hand out towards them, let's pray for these men. They'll be the head of our households. They'll be the head of your household. They'll be the father to your children. They'll be the grandparents to your grandkids. Let's pray for this man. Let's, let's hold this man. Let's be their backbone. Heavenly Father, I thank you for every single man here in this place, God. I pray that you reach into their hearts, God. That you start making a movement in their hearts that they can seek you first, God. That they will start laying a foundation for their children and for their children's children, God. That starting from today going on, today forward, God, that they will seek you first. That they will seek to imitate you, Christ, in everything they do. I pray for these men that whatever struggle they're going through, God, that they, they find other men that they can bond with, that they can speak to each other with, Heavenly Father. But ultimately that they can run to you, God, with their problems, with their issues. I know men, sometimes we, we hold everything in because we have to be strong for our families. But God, I pray that when we come to your throne, that our hearts go weak and we just cry out to you. Have mercy on me, oh God. We thank you for every father here, God. That, that they've made the right step today. They've all decided to, to come to, to a church, a place of worship to seek you. God, and that's a step in the right direction. God, forgive us as fathers where we have failed, Heavenly Father. Forgive us where we have failed our families, our wives, and our children. Forgive us where we haven't taken the lead in our household, God. But I pray that you give us the strength and the know-how to start taking the lead in our households, to start being the head of our households with you, Christ, as being the head of us. We thank you, God. We pray that we are submissive to your word, God, and that from this day forward, we, be, we become real men and teach our children about the blessings of God, about the promises of our Heavenly Father that he has for us, God. I pray that men rise up. If we want to see a change in our kids, it starts with us. Give us the strength, God, to rise up for our kids, for our wives, for our children. Give us the ability to lead our household, God. I pray for a special blessing over every single man here. That you will cover them wherever they may go in their work, God. That you will help them prosper in everything they do. We just give you thanks. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.